Welcome. To Arcade Audio. It's hard to find a movie that way. Lucky for you, we found a few. It's Queer Smoothie Night. Hi! <laughs> Welcome to Queer Movie Night. I'm Deb. And I'm Peyton. Um, and happy holidays to everybody listening. This is happy our holiday. Happy holidays. Um, and the ring bells keep ringing. <laughs> Happy holidays to you. Okay. Sorry. Um, uh, Today is a very um, much anticipated on our part for the past few days episode um, covering uh, Cleo Duvall's um, Christmas rom-com. I wanted to call it Masterpiece, but I don't really don't think that's fitting of um, uh, Happiest Season. And uh, for the first time in Queer Movie Night history, we have two guests. Uh, joining us to talk about this film. One returning guest, you may remember her from the Carol episode. We have Kate Royal. Hello. I like that I'm like the Christmas guest. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Um, And uh, for a first time guest, um, a great friend of mine, uh, Chloe Michaela. What's up? Hey. Hey. Everything's (laughs) fine. This movie. (laughs) This movie. <laughs> I was just telling Peyton that this is a good episode, I think, to have multiple guests because people feel very passionately about this movie. So I'm excited that we're going to have, I was going to say, different point of views, but I think we all feel the same. <laughs> you know what? But I will say, I watched it again last night and I moved like an inch. Same. Same exact same i would say i moved a centimeter but <laughs> you know i still move yeah little by little <laughs> so like come 2050 i may have moved six inches towards liking the film a little bit better <laughs> that's something that's something i i don't know if i've gotten outside of my family i don't know if i've gotten well i guess we watched it with some straight people last night <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know know if I've gotten very many straight people's perspective on the movie. Not that I care, but I am interested. Let me tell you, I watched it with my girlfriend and her parents. Yeah. And her parents felt the same way we did, pretty much. We all had the same questions. Yeah. So that then begs the question of who is this meant for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's interesting to me, too, because, like, the first time I was watching it, I was like, oh, it's made for straight people. But it's also written by a queer right. woman and directed by a queer woman. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, Chloe, you said you actually watched it with your mom. Yeah, I watched it time. with my mom. And I literally, yeah, I watched it with my mom. And I was like, okay. I was like, do you see how awkward this is? I was like, don't be awkward. Don't be this mom. Don't be this family. When I bring a girlfriend home, I was like, we can't do this. And at the end of the movie, all she said was, that was a good movie. <laughs> That's it. And I was just like, I was like, okay, progress. She was, I would never. <laughs> she was like, I would never, I would never be that mom. And I was like, okay, but you know, just wanted wanted to, you know, test 
test the waters a little bit here and see where you're at. But yeah, no, she just thought it was a good movie and then she went to bed. Could you imagine the life of a straight person? How easy it must be to watch this movie, say nothing the whole time, say that was good at the end and then go to sleep peacefully. Leave <laughs> my mother. <laughs> what it must be like to not have a like 48 hour <laughs> like, like existential I was like what if I brought a girlfriend home for Christmas I was like you don't want to be this family I was like you don't want me to tear down a Christmas tree you don't want this scene to happen because it will happen we got to get it together oh um <laughs> just to uh run through the the um little bit of plot the movie has real quick um <laughs> oh that the little bit of plot this has so savage <laughs> um you know in the tradition of christmas movies really plot anyway um except for the santa claus santa claus famously a lot of plot Problematic. Tim Allen is problematic. The family stone. We. I was just talking about this with my brothers last night. That the fam. For the first time I watched the family stone, I didn't like it. The second second time years later, I was like, oh, this is actually a really good movie. Um, I think the family stone. The thing with the family stone is that it's very different from other Christmas movies because it actually tries to be a little bit realistic about like what the holidays are actually like. And I feel like um, this movie is trying to have Family Stone energy. Yeah. Oh, oh terrible. Yes. But it like it doesn't quite get there because it doesn't have anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. It it, it misses <laughs> one crucial part of the Family Stone ending. Yeah, yeah. We brought it up, yeah. we brought it up because I compared um Sloan to uh Allison Brie to um Rachel McAdams in the Family Stone. Mm. Both characters I am derangedly in love with. (laughs) (laughs) I love Rachel McAdams in The Family Stone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dying to know your thoughts, Kate, on Sloan. (laughs) They're very simple. That, like, (laughs) even my girlfriend was like, oh, you're in love with Sloan, aren't you? (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) She's she's the meanest one. (laughs) And her hair's so sharp. (laughs) she's so mean and i literally was like why is this black man with this robotic white woman please run away like what is happening here like how 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 did you get together i'm confused the thing about women like sloan who like scare the shit out of me and are just really mean is that i just automatically think if they're with anybody they have to be really good in bed and she that's probably where they release all of their tension mm-hmm. is it, they're probably like crazy fuckers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for anybody, anybody who think maybe that. Harper has a bit of that energy too. Because mm-hmm. Harper's, mm-hmm. I mean, the great revelation of this film is that Harper is incredibly mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll get. Uh, I, I really like get so why hard. Kristen is with Harper. I will say that. <laughs> you get it? Having dated people like that, yeah, I get it. I feel like she's different with, but like, I mean, Kristen mentions this in the movie, but I feel like she's different with Kristen. Like, she's probably not mean with her when she's not with her family from like mm-hmm. the little mm-hmm. bit of scene that we get from in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Kristen and Mackenzie or um, Harper and Abby, as they're deemed in the movie, um, are a couple. We get a little bit of um, background on them through the credits um, with the really bad painted people in it. Um, Proportions. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen's head is so big in every one. <laughs> um, um, uh, a grossly underused Michelle Buteau giving a, a four, oh. four oh. at the beginning. Um, yeah. So anyway, they're, they're a couple, um, and Harper invites Abby to her house for Christmas. Um, and Harper famously hates Christmas because her parents died. Abby hates think, Christmas. Yeah. Ab- Abby hates Christmas because her parents died. I don't know if, if we're supposed to believe that they died on Christmas or she just is sad about Christmas since they died. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't clear. <laughs> but, um, but Mackenzie's like, I know you don't like Christmas cause your parents are dead is pretty much the line she says. <laughs> um, and she invites her over, but then she immediately regrets and is like, you don't have to come over. And then we find out on the car ride over that um, Harper lied about coming out to her parents and she needs Abby to pretend that they're not dating. Um, and that is pretty much the conflict throughout the whole movie. And then we find out that Harper is, is shitty. Um, and she once dated Aubrey Plaza and then outed her to everyone. Um, they did not date. Yeah, they didn't date. Anyway, that's, that's the part where I'm going to like flip a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we get to the Harper yeah. and Riley. Mm-hmm. And, um, and event, uh, Obviously, it weighs very heavily on um, Abby because Harper is ignoring her and like not taking her concerns seriously. Um, and then it all blows up because Allison Bree's character Sloan finds out that finds them kissing and and finds out that they're gay, and um, and outs her to the entire family and the, maybe the entire town. I'm not really sure how big this town is. Uh, I'd say entire town. <laughs> the who's who. Um, and then Kristen, um, uh, says she's going to leave. Um, and then the fear of losing her is what makes, uh, Harper come out to her family finally, but then it's too little too late. But then of course, um, they reunite at the gas station loves and, um, (laughs) she says I'll make up for, for the rest of my life and they get back together. And then the family, um, decides to stop being dysfunctional and support her. Loves is the new mistletoe, everyone. So if you're looking to, you know, kiss the love of your life, don't look for mistletoe. Look for a Loves gas station. Love. That's the moral I walked away with. Oh, they're there everywhere in Pennsylvania. And they're just... <laughs> I have never seen one. This yeah. is crazy. I mean, they're like an objectively good gas station. They're usually really big and they have a lot of pumps and like a lot of... It's usually a big store. But I just... I think I associate it with... I just don't I when I think of Pennsylvania I don't think of it fondly. I feel like mm. I have like bad memories cuz my family used to go there a lot when we were little and my dad used to preach at churches there. So I just like see loves and I'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was already pissed about the ending of this movie and I'm like and of course they're getting engaged. Had a fucking loves. I'm not engaged. Like, of all of the like re-traumatizing and triggering shit for gay people in this movie, like that one specifically for you. That's like, and now there's a fucking love. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Couldn't loves. catch a break. 
Oh, so, so just mad they didn't kiss at the end. Like they got back together kiss? and they're in the movie theater. And then, oh. they, well, no, they didn't oh, kiss oh. at the very end. Yeah. Like I was like, if you're going to make this a tr- like a rom-com, I was like, they got to kiss yeah. in the end. And they didn't. I was like kind of mad about that. I was like, come on. Yeah. They're just going to smile awkwardly at each other and then right, just pan out. She was sitting over. right next to her mom, Mary Steenburgen, in the movie theater. I will say that. Okay. This is the first time Mary's come up. She was a horrible character, but that woman is so Terrible. fucking hot. I this just, movie I is full, Mary so much. This I movie is so full much. of likable actors playing unlikable characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. And I just want to say this before we drag Harper through the mud, the pools. <laughs> yeah. dirt, we're not, we're not dropping. Mackenzie Davis is utterly Davis. blameless. Yeah. In all of this. He is a victim here like anyone else. <laughs> and the thing that really breaks remember. my heart is that like, if you read interviews with her, like before it came out, like she knows, like Clea DeVall's like, I think everyone's going to love it. Like, I love it. Like, I'm happy to like do this. Mackenzie <laughs> Davis is like, I hope people understand where my character's coming from. Like, she absolutely <laughs> knows that like, no, like people are gonna fucking hate my character. <laughs> Why did she have to wear the wig to look like a brunette, like the rest of the family? Couldn't okay, it was a wig. Okay, because it was bad. It oh, was it? a bad wig, yeah. and it, it, was it was distracting. Bad and I think she's so cute in real life, and I didn't she's find her gorgeous. remotely yeah. attractive in this movie. No, those bangs were among no, the most Aubrey Plaza for me in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Are we when when do we get to Riley? That's the one I'm yeah. Really we gotta keep that, a bit on that I was just for team Riley. Once that opens, <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah, you're right. Kate, um, bring me right down. I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> exhaust every other talking point. I was like <laughs> already convulsing <laughs> and stripping. Like, is it Riley? <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think it's good to follow sort of what Kate was talking about. Is like, um, maybe going step by step at, yeah. uh, by Harper's misdeeds to like sort yeah. of gauge where we were feelings wise. Like, what um, was what was the t- full drop yeah. off point for yeah. you? <laughs> so I. I think I think I mean we obviously all knew coming into this movie that it was a movie about her not being out and Christian pretending uh them pretending that they're not together but so we we knew like so I knew in the kitchen scene when she was like oh no you don't have to come like I was like oh I know what this is obviously but um I would say the first red flag for me was definitely her finding out in the car that she not only hadn't come out, but that she lied about coming out and said that everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and like for me, if I was in that situation, that would honestly make me, I would be pissed and it would be a conversation. Um, Just the overall premise of this when it was like, no, Oh, they have to be closeted mm-hmm. over Christmas. I don't know about you guys, but like when I heard that premise, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah, that is that's like the plot line you would do for like a Christmas hijinks queer rom-com. But yeah. I also did have this like, like that's a like I know couples who have had to do that, like where one partner does need the other to to closet themselves around their family. And that's like it's an enormous ask. It requires enormous trust and communication between the two people. And it's like one of those things where I'm like, I don't know, like I might be the like stick in the mud queer who like is not able to find humor in that scenario. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like a little wary going in and, <laughs> and it just validated every fear I had about that. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't heartwarming. Like this is yeah. just upsetting to watch. Yeah. Because we've yeah. all been like, w- even if not in that scenario, there's so much shit that happens in this that like everyone can relate to on some level and not in a like, been there, like, I don't want to relive this part of my yeah. life. Yeah. When she, like, uninvited her to the dinner because she, like, stole oh. something from whatever that store was. That and then she was like, yeah, like, I think it, like, would just be better. Like, we know it wasn't your fault. But, like, it would just be best if you, like, stayed in this, like, Harry Potter hole-in-the-wall closet right. down here. Yeah. And, like, we just, like, wouldn't let you out. Like, I was like, how dare you uninvite her? Like that, that was like the second straw yeah. for me. I was like, no, I was like, you gotta go. Like they are uninviting you from a dinner. Like they can't do that. And then she was just like, but I love you. And I was like, bitch, come and on. Why have you like, abandoned you figure me something out. 75% of this trip? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Abandonment. That's the, yeah. oh, I have so much. For, to, to piggyback on what Kate was saying, I had... It's, I think it's kind of interesting how my wife and I watch this because it's as people who listen to the pod know, I've talked about it a lot, that we did this multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like for the first five, six years of our relationship, this was our life with my family. And it honestly, I thought that it would make me like um, see Harper's side a little bit better. And I thought it would, and it was like pretty triggering. I mean, it is. It's yeah. not. I they 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 made it seem like this movie was going to be way more, way more like silly and light. I didn't expect for it to like hit so hard on like this is gay trauma that you're all <laughs> identify with. I like this is not what I wanted. It's not what the fucking trailers made us feel like it was going to be. But so maybe called happiest season. Yes, it is <laughs> not. <laughs> I, I thought I thought maybe we would relive your violent coming out with happiest yeah. season. It's just really triggering for the fucking eighty five percent of the movie until the very end when they're all of a sudden okay with it. Oh my god, I can't skip ahead. Uh, the point is, is that I feel like I the second time I watched it, I did like maybe I had like a little bit of a softer spot for Harper and like what she was going through. But also I thought I would the whole time. I thought I was like, I'm going to stand Harper because I understand what it's like to potentially to, to believe with reason that you would lose your family. If they found out literally same thing happened, same thing happened. We've had to, we've had to do this so many times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going to understand. But even then, I still didn't because Harper is not a good character because what Kayla and I had when we had to do this back in the day was we had that trust. We had that communication. We, we knew that we would have each other's backs. When, when, I, when we were with family, when we weren't with family, we were together all the time. I would never ditch her. She would never ditch me. I would never make her go to the mall with my sister by ourselves. I would never leave her. I would never leave to hang out at a bar with my ex fucking boyfriend and and close it out. I would never do any of that. Harper is to me just unredeemable because if she were to be there for her, for Abby, every step of the way and, and though everything was shitty, she was still a supportive girlfriend who actually showed that she even cared. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. She didn't even seem like she cared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My, the 
thing mm-hmm. I, there were a ton of red flags obviously all the red flags for harper throughout the movie when you are when you decide like you're done you're done with harper she's done to you she's dead <laughs> she's dead she um does. my moment i think was after the bar and abby went up mm-hmm. to wake her up and she snapped yes yeah and i was like Mm-mm, and I don't she know was how like stop being clingy or stop being like monitoring me like i was so pissed yeah well and it's well she's so manipulative that's the problem Mm -hmm. like because every single time uh abby would like try to be like this doesn't make me feel good like i'm upset about this like she would kiss her or then be like well i'm gonna like stay in bed with you or like find some sort of kind of like manipulative excuse to keep her there and to cage her there but then to also still like make her feel shitty while she has to like go do her like i'm a perfect child dance and i was like do you not see how this is like affecting your partner, but like also affecting like your relationship. Like you're a shitty person. Like read the room, yeah. <laughs> read the fucking room. Cause I feel like that's what it all comes down to where it's just like, and that's like I've, where some wires are getting crossed with like the, the capital D discourse that's happening. It's like, no one is vilifying Harbor for being closeted. Like I think everyone has absolute yes. empathy for that yes. situation yes. Mm-hmm. that it's hard. And I completely get that for like, it makes it and it even tracks to me that like whatever hurt people hurt people like it tracks to me that harper would be like showing a really kind of toxic side of herself in front of abby but the fact that she like launches that at abby that it's like it's not we're not upset with harper that she's closeted and struggling with that cuz clearly she's miserable here too but it's like she's a shitty partner and she like, mm-hmm. and this there's a really great piece um, by Ella Dawson about how like the problem with this movie is that it fails at like the fundamental rule of a rom com, which is that like the hero of the rom com, who is in this case Kristen Stewart, uh, like yes, like the the mechanisms of the story have to routinely humiliate them, like they have to be embarrassed and humiliated many times like that's where a lot of the comedy comes from but their love interest can never participate in that humiliation the point is the love interest Mm -hmm. has to be supportive of the hero the whole time Mm -hmm. and that does not happen like harper abandons abby publicly humiliates her like gaslights her and like every time where harper has a choice to like check in with Abby or or show support for her and recognize yeah. the toll this is taking on her relationship. She takes the opposite decision. And like to me, like my point of no return happens earlier than this, but like that outing scene when Sloan outs mm. her, which is already oh just like gosh. so horrifying. And you, and I obvi- like you can't not your heart can't not break for Harper in that moment. Like that is truly one of the worst things you could do to a gay person. Mm-hmm. But then for her to not be like re- reclaim the moment and be like, fuck it. This is the person I love. I hate that I've had to yeah. do this. I've been miserable this whole time. She's been miserable this whole time. No. She says, looks her partner in the eye across the room and says, I'm not gay. Eyes. I would burn that fucking house to the ground <laughs> if Dan Levy as, and first of all, well, whatever, we'll get into him because his goodness as a friend fluctuates many times in this film. <laughs> but like, 
Like that was the moment in a rom-com structure. That's the moment where the couple reconnects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where all the conflict has to come together. And that should have been the moment where Harper is like, okay, I'm going to do this. No, she literally does the worst thing. And of course, Kristen Stewart's like, (laughs) um, well, and Aubrey Plaza's face, like she called it. She literally just looked and she was like, yeah, done it again. Felt that she did it again. Like she was not shocked at all. I also question Harper's fucking intelligence because the fact her, her wanting to bring her girlfriend home. She literally was like, it's because like, I want to wake up to you. Like uh, I want to wake up with you on Christmas morning. And I was like, how do you not know your family enough to know that your mom will not let the two of you sleep in the same room? So like, I was like questioning that. I was like, how do you think this is gonna go when you already knew that you were going to hide the fact that she was your girlfriend, pass her off as your roommate, and then think that you will have like the best Christmas ever right. together with your crazy family that you haven't come out with. Like, I don't, I just, I don't understand her like line of right. Like, how did you think this was good with go? that and thinking that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just it's fine if you haven't like come out yet. Like, you need to take your time, however, you do it. But it's like, then don't bring your girlfriend home yeah. yet. Like, given him, especially if you say you want to say, tell them after Christmas. Okay, then save save this whole situation and then tell them after the holidays yeah. <laughs> sort of um it becomes like oh sorry Peyton go ahead no you're okay I was just gonna say to piggy off of what Kate said um one of my big problems that I have with the movie and I mean the movie and not the characters in the movie is that um going off of um that moment where she um is outed and then the the movie is trying to tell us that the problem Kristen or the problem that Abby has with Harper is that she's not out to her family. But the problem is that she's not emotionally supporting her partner during this and not communicating to her. Um, And like the speech that Dan Levy gives is very compelling. And yes, like I, I do see like how I, we, I of course understand that perspective, but the, the, her having problem coming out to her family, it, Yes, it doesn't have anything to do with Abby, but the way that she treats Abby and the way that she handles Abby during that has everything to do with it. And it's like, and that's what's it's not still a consequence that. of it. Yeah, like, even exactly. if the reasoning is not about Abby, Abby, it's not fair for Abby to just be like, "Yeah, I'm just collateral damage." Yeah, exactly. In her coming out process Mm -hmm. you can't do that to somebody and like that's the thing that Mm -hmm. like many queer people learn if they have that kind of coming out experience like as you get older you you acknowledge and own the ways that you may or may not have been shitty to people when you were in the closet and like i i don't know like that moment never really comes for harper where it's like so we're just supposed to believe her when she shows up at the end and is like yeah. I'm so sorry, baby. Like, I'm going to spend the rest <laughs> of my life making up, making it up to you. Like, well, her, what have you done? What have you, also, what have you learned right now? Her big, doesn't she oh, also apologize to Aubrey Plaza first? Like, before no. she apologizes that to damage, Abby? That, like, no apology. Like, it's ever. already done. Yeah. But, like, she apologized to her before she apologized, I think, to Abby. <laughs> So I'm just like, Harper should have apologized to Riley years and years Years ago, because obviously they see each other a lot when they go home. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why she, why even though, because we're supposed to 
in the beginning, you see that they were happy or like they have a normal relationship. And obviously Harper is um, fine being out with friends, like from the terribly from the terrible artwork from the beginning you can (laughs) see that they have a like a happy life together and harper and a chosen family and a chosen Mm -hmm. family so you're telling me even though she's like very out and happy and lives with her girlfriend and is very in love in pittsburgh that she never wants during this time where she's accepted herself in like she's never thought maybe i should Mm -hmm. apologize to write why did it happen now yeah it's so late and then on top of it the the speech that she tells Abby at, at loves, it's not a compelling <laughs> speech to me. It's not like, nope. I don't know. I feel like it should have been like a bigger moment, but all it was was her saying a lot of very vague things that problematic people say when they don't want to be broken up with, which is please, baby, <laughs> yep, please, yep. please, baby, give me another chance. Please. I'll never hurt you like this again. I'll never hurt you again. What oh. it needed to be, I just think it needed to be written better. It needed to have, it just needed to be written better. I was like, why would you? And then she does like, Dan Levy's like, do it, Kristen. And then Kristen is like, okay. (laughs) You didn't say anything meaningful. Her apology felt empty. It didn't, it just didn't mean anything. Well, this is what I mean with Dan Levy being like wildly inconsistent as a friend because like he Uh, does the good friend thing where he's like, I need to get her out of there. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the comparisons to get out are very accurate yeah. where it's like, okay, he is the TSA guy yeah. and she's Dan Kaluuya and like, he needs to go get her out of there. But like the fact that, you know, he has that, he gives that speech and it's like a great moving speech that is, that is designed to make my mother cry and feel good about herself for having been a super accepting parent when I came out. Like, and that is truly who this movie is for. Like, this movie is for parents who were not horrible to their gay children to be like, I would never do this. I can't believe a parent would ever do that to their child. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I hope my mom is able to have that experience. But um, when he gives that speech... I love the fact that Kristen Stewart's response to it is like, yeah, okay. I want to be with someone who's ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, Yeah. you're right. You should be like, you deserve that. You deserve a partner who is not going to publicly humiliate you and traumatically closet you and treat you like shit in front of her family. Mm. I think everyone deserves that. So then like, and he takes her out of the house. I don't understand how him as her friend could see that happen, could see Harper do that to his best friend and like give her the little wink to kiss her and then like bring her back to that house. Yeah. Bring both yeah, of them back to that house. And that's just like an hour later after yeah. he sees this horrible thing unfold. The, I mean, he was at the party. He saw everything. Yeah. She was. She told him everything that had happened right. up until he got there. He knew. Yeah. So what? An hour later, he's just like, she said, "Please." She baby. said she loved you. She said, "Please take me back. You gotta take her back." <laughs> no. No. Well, <laughs> bitch. I mean, I kept, I kept like thinking on it, like also like on like a race level too, to where I'm like, if you were like bringing. Like if someone like a white guy was like bringing me home and then like 
or like a white woman was bringing me home and was like, oh, by the way, my family is a bunch of Trump supporters. They're a little mm. racist, but like, it's fine. I haven't told them yet that I'm dating a black girl. It'll be fine. And then all that shit transpires. And then I'm supposed, you're supposed to come to me and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I love you. Please like be with me. Like, no, like, I don't understand that like line of thinking, thinking like that line of logic, like at all. And for a friend, a close friend to be like, yeah, you know what? I think you should give it another try after witnessing the trauma that she just fucking went through. Like witnessing the trauma, not just like the phone call shit. He saw that happen and was so upset by it. And like any of my gay male best friends, if they saw that happen, would be like, absolutely not. Like, like even if I was like, please take me back let's like i think we can reconcile this they would be like do not like if if harper showed up at a gas station and i'm gonna use carl as the example because he is who he is the dan levy to mike Kristen stewart Mm -hmm. if like harper showed up to me at a gas station he would be like between me and her be like (laughs) you need to walk the fuck away right now yeah Yeah. that's what a friend does And here's some additional thoughts from friend of the pod, Amber Taylor. I'm here to talk about happiest season, and I want to apologize. My children are in the background, so if you hear little voices, that's what it is. Um, So, unlike most, I was incredibly happy with how the movie ended. I truly believe that Harper and Abby were meant to be together, and I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I'm going to do my best to explain why. You have to watch and rewatch that opening sequence. There's a series of photos that shows their relationship blossom over the year. And the one thing I want to point out is that there is no sign of Harper being ashamed of being gay or being with Abby. I actually got more emotion and love from Harper than I did with Abby. Everyone keeps talking about how Harper was broken and didn't deserve Abby. And yes, when she was home, that was true. But it's clear that Harper was able to live and love authentically during that year that they they built this relationship. So much so that Abby wanted to propose to her that Christmas. Um, It wasn't until Harper goes home that we start to see some of her flaws. Mind you, their relationship is new, so they're still learning a lot about each other. For instance, Harper knows that Abby's parents died, but Abby never told her that it was her parents' death that made Christmas hard for her. Um, So a lot of this conflict that we see, I think, is them learning new things about each other, and they're likely experiencing some of their first road bumps in their relationship, which is to be expected. So let's talk about the type of Harper that we saw. We didn't get to see the Harper that Abby fell in love with and wanted to propose to. We really only got to see the side of her that turns into her adolescent self. Um, I think this happens a lot in adults when they go back to where they grow, grew up. Uh, this is probably especially true for kids that grew up in a high pressure or abusive home. We, and I say we because this happened to me, this is the type of family that I came from, but we build up this defense mechanism that starts having us behaving like we did when we lived at home. It's like we temporarily lose the person that we had become when we got on our own and we revert back to our teenage selves that we had used to protect ourselves when we lived at home. And I think this is what we saw happen with Harper and also her sisters. It's clear that they became somebody else when they walked into the doors of their parents' home. I wouldn't say that this excuses Harper's behavior, but I do think it explains her behavior. Um, It allowed me to understand that this isn't the real Harper, and I think Abby realized that too, Uh, but it did reach a point when Harper 
wouldn't stand up to her parents that Abby finally decides that it's time for her to leave. When Abby walks out of that door, Harper realized that she had just lost the person that she loved most. And I think a lot of closeted people stay closeted out of safety. And sometimes there isn't a reason to come out. Uh, but then you meet that person that you are willing to risk everything to be with. And when wa Abby walked out that door, I think Harper realized that she was willing to lose her parents' support to be with Abby. She loved Abby that much. And she had her coming out awakening Coming out changes the way that you love someone. You can love more deeply. And when Harper chased down Abby at the gas station, it was clear that she was a changed person. She was ready to love without any constraints. Abby didn't just fall out of love with Harper in three days either. She still loved her. She was heartbroken that she saw the side of Harper that she didn't even know knew existed. But once Harper was ready to love Abby despite her parents, there's nothing stopping their relationship. Harper had her coming out revolution. She was changed. And it probably happened faster than in real life, but that's the magic of a Christmas movie. Um, and John also saw the change. He even nudged Abby to give Harper another chance, and he knew both of them really, really well. So he probably saw this change in Harper was real and authentic. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> also, when did, when did Dan, Dan Levy's character, like, teach Harper how to track? That's what I want to know. In the beginning, because during the drawings, I think. <laughs> really? I waited for that doodle. <laughs> I like missed that shit when she was just like, oh yeah, like I like he taught me like how to track. And I was like, is this how long have like you been doing this? Like this Cute. is like kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like that doesn't I would be like, okay, well, that's another red flag. I've gotta go. Right. I want I wanna say two things. One is that I think um oh, with the Dan Levy thing, I really think it is a situation of like this is bad writing where they had to force a character to do things to make the plot go forward. Like, mm -hmm. like him hanging up on Abby when they're having a really distressing conversation, but then all of a sudden showing up at the party and then yes, him like supporting her for leaving Harper and then encouraging them to get back together. I really think it is like, it, it just doesn't make sense for that character as we're presented in the first half of the movie to do those things and behave mm -hmm. that way. Um, and I think it's really just like, we have to make him do this so that the plot works. Um, because you can see that they even like, they have to know in the writing that they have made Harper too cruel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That like, it's, we just can't want this couple to be together. Like, yeah. Like, the, we just can't, <laughs> like, there's yeah. nothing like the, the rom-com ending that to me like would have worked other than Abby being with Riley, but like if, and I think we do have to like go there next. Cause I think it's, it's, I think it's we're almost very Riley time, <laughs> but like I would have totally been cool. I would have totally been cool if Harper even, or at least Kristen Stewart was like, they're at the gas station and maybe she makes this speech and she's like, you just came out in this like really horrible way. Like you need to like be by yourself for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I love mm -hmm. you. I have love for you. And like, I will be there to support you, you know, whatever, like maybe like, give me a call sometime. Like, and then they're like, okay, like, yeah, I need to like work my own shit out and like deal with 
this coming out that just happened. And then maybe like the year later thing is like, mm, yeah, it's like another Christmas. They're back in Pittsburgh and they like see each other again. And she's yeah. like, Hey, I've like, there was room, done some there was room for that speech. I like, I want to like, maybe like, can, can we get coffee sometime? Get coffee. Yeah, exactly. And we end with this, like, okay, maybe yeah. they can start again and actually yeah. like do this. In a healthy way. The right way, yeah. There was room for like that kind of speech, like for Kristen Stewart, like for Abby to be like, you know, this isn't about you not coming out to your parents. It's about the manner in which you treated me, mm-hmm. the manner in which you tossed me aside. Like that would have been such a compelling speech to kind of like clear up, you know, some of like the loose ends that like made us kind of wondering and be like, what the fuck is like going on right, right now? Like, but I think like I think like that would have been like a powerful moment to have that. And then like you said, Kate, to like then do the year later thing and then have them like grab coffee. Like that would have been like so cute because then like you could have seen like growth mm. and like a like a year later conversation and then pan out and then you just wonder if they if they end up together. Like they don't even need to be together at right. the end. And I just think it would have been way more heartwarming to see like, okay, Harper now is like comfortably completely out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she and can come the... to this relationship totally honestly, yeah. and then they can see where they're at. Like that is a realistic and much more uplifting story to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I think what that's one of the crimes of this movie because it's trying to be a Christmas movie is that it tries to tie it all in a perfect bow at the end. But it, yeah. it was life is not a perfect bow. I, I see why they tried to do this. There's so. I think it could have been redeemed. I think Harper could have been a little bit redeemed. And it was kind of already mentioned if she would have just owned it and came out in the moment when Sloan outed her instead yeah. of her coming mm-hmm. out in private to her family after she, after she was fucked after Abby left, her, she was like, okay, I guess I'll come out now. Right. Like she only did that because she was, because Cause she didn't want to be dumped. What she yeah. should have, mm-hmm. she could have, I mean, I, she was hard. She's not redeemable, but I think it could have also worked if she would have just owned it and came out at the party when she was outed. That could have mm-hmm. won her some brownie points with me. The I other think, thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Deb. Um, I kind of just had a brain fart. I had a. Okay. I was just going to say right off of what you were saying is that that is the main point of the um, interview I was reading with Clea Duvall was saying that she, I think she sort of wanted Riley to have, and I don't agree with this, but I think she sort of Riley wanted Riley to fall as far as she could. I mean Harper? Oh, sorry, Harper. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I said Riley. Um, Harper to fall as far as she could, and like, and like, really, I think in Clea Duvall's mind, she could not realize how horrible she was until she was forced to deny her love of uh, Abby in front of everyone after it had been directly confronted towards her. Including Abby. <laughs> yeah. Including Abby. Yeah. yeah. Um, Abby just needed to go get a, like a new goldfish. Like if Harper <laughs> came, like I would, I would have been content with that. If she was like, you know what? I have to go buy a new fish. Like and that's how that scene ended because her fish died. I was anyway, so mad. I would have liked that ending a little I bit better. I was so mad that when Harper finally came out, she was like, I did it. And I'm, and Oh, I know. Like, and like she expected you. Abby to be like, Oh, everything's fixed. Well, that, cause that's the other part that is, that is part of why her character is irredeemable is that like, until that moment, she doesn't think she's done anything that wrong. Yeah. Wrong! Yeah. Until Kristen Stewart's like, no, th- it's too late. Like, 
you've treated me like shit this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like she, like her apologies in the moment of like when she's like, hey, like when she texts her and is like, hey, this morning, like I'm really sorry about this morning. Can we talk? Whatever. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's coming from a place of like, like I want to see the moment where Harper like realizes like, oh man, I'm being a total piece of shit. Yeah. It's all yeah. just coming from, I don't want, this relationship to end. I yeah. don't want her yes. to break up with mm-hmm. me. And like, that's not enough when we don't know what makes this relationship strong to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea no why idea. you are in love with each other. Yeah. And I think we needed moments in the movie where we're reminded of that. Like I, I needed a moment where they are in public together for both of them where you see them both acknowledge, like, I am dying to kiss you right now. I am dying to be affectionate with you and show you love right now. And I hate that I can't. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think they thought they were taking care of that with the paint, with the like artwork. Right. That's beginning. what that's supposed but to it, do. But, but it like, wasn't. I thought it was kind of, I was like, the movie was 90 minutes. They could have taken an extra mm-hmm. 20 minutes and they could have given them more time to show them as a happy couple. So we could understand why they were together and why Abby was taking so much shit from Harper over and over again. It doesn't, it, it, I, I would have gladly taken a two hour movie just to see maybe well, understand their, their relationship a right, little bit. More. Like, and even if the rooftop not- scene was unnecessary, I was like, what are we supposed to be stressed in the beginning? Like, should yeah. we be feeling happy? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that was a little stressful. I don't know. I did not. I did not understand the point of that because that was not like super romantic. Like, oh, like look how cute they are. I was like, this. I think that was, was just for the payoff of the joke, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I was. Well, stressed. and also to it to start the movie in a place of like Harper dragging Abby to do something she yeah. clearly doesn't want to do, <laughs> and then like oh, so this is just your vibe. It's a couple. Yeah. <laughs> she also doesn't do anything to help Abby when she's about nope. to fall off the roof. A she does nothing. She's she like, doesn't let me go down the stairs. What is she going to do? No. Does she think- <laughs> Although, let's be, Mackenzie Davis is eight feet tall, so she could have, like, gone down and just, like, <laughs> that's, like helped, picked her up and brought her down. There also was, like, not enough panic and distress in Harper's face for me to be like, <laughs> your girlfriend is about oh, to die, potentially. <laughs> like, fall off of a fucking roof. And she goes, oh, no, let me help you. And then she disappears. And I'm just like, okay, um, you should, like, be calling out I help. Do you feel I just relate very hard to Abby in that moment when she's like, um, I'm falling. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm fine. <laughs> and even if it wasn't like like in the beginning like i don't know that i needed a ton more like setup of their relationship i just needed more moments when they're at the parents house of Mm. harper checking in with her yeah to show us that there's something worth fighting for exactly i need to see it's not like i get and that i'm seeing harper struggle because like she's regressing into this really really self-hating place with her family like that's so real but like Abby is there as her comfort in those moments. Like, like where are the scenes where we're seeing Harper desperately want to just be alone with her girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Right. It's only when she's horny. Yes. Yeah. It's when she gets Which something was... out of it. When she sneaks. Mm-hmm. Also, 
why didn't she sneak down to the basement? Why did she make Abby while everybody in the house is fucking awake and in different rooms? Why did she make her go all the way upstairs where all of their bedrooms are when she could have easily just gone downstairs? And then she doesn't. Well, again, for the payoff of that joke, because there's also no reason for Abby to be sneaking. Like, it's not a weird thing to be like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go talk to my friend. Hang out with Abby. I'm going to hang out with Harper in her room for a while. How about that sext? That was the most boring, Yo, plain we, sex I've we, ever seen. We, <laughs> I told Peyton, I was like, that is the weakest <laughs> fucking photo. That would not get me out of bed at all. I would be like, you want to show me a little bit more before I risk my life going upstairs? <laughs> your fucking, like conservative ass family? Like, you kidding me? You got to you gotta give me a little you bit gotta more You got to show here. me a titty or something. I am pretending to be like I am Kristen Stewart pretending to be straight for you. I need at least <laughs> at least one titty. <laughs> Make this work right, my something. while. Like literally. Also, she literally was like, "I'm doing this," and I was like, "What is that? What What is exactly that you're doing? Like, like I'm changing my bra." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're changing your bra. Like, what? Are you showing me this new bra you bought today without me or something? Like, I'm confused. Oh, that was weak. That was had so me hot. But she was just that 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 was to serve her. She was horny. Harper was horny. Yep. She wanted and when she would go out of her way, quote unquote, not really, go out of her way to to mm-hmm. see how she's doing, it was always to serve her. Yeah. And to serve mm-hmm. her. Also, something she's we have so much about. like my first ex-girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's like- I wanted to talk about the breakup when Abby actually does fucking break up with her and they have the most gay fight I've ever seen, which yeah. is one really one is like, we're done. And then the other lesbian is like, mm, no, 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 no. And then she goes, oh, baby, okay, I'm sorry. That was the most gay fight I've ever seen. That was the most gay part of this movie that actually felt like a real fight. Yo, but also that the fact that no one around them put one and one, two and two together at all when she was like, we're over. Like in front of that group of people, people were like, oh, I guess they just ended their friendship. Yeah. <laughs> this tiny, soft butch with bleach blonde hair just said it's over wonder what that's over we're not gonna be roommates anymore yeah <laughs> like the outfit, the outfit she wore to the christmas party undercover when she was undercover was yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my no but also like that breakup scene i'm sorry i thought it was so hot how kristen stewart literally is just like passing by like uh harper we're done it's yeah, over. yeah. <laughs> and just like walks. Away, I'm just like, uh, gonna grab my uh, stuff. That is a power move. If <laughs> yes. ever I've seen one, just casually like, um, babe. By the way, fucking done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Also, once again, everything. though, Harper makes it about herself. Mm-hmm. Abby's I'm like, not hiding you. Not. I'm hiding me. Yes, and then she's like, I don't want to do this to you. I don't want to do it to you. And then Abby's like, Oh, honey, it's okay, baby. I'm like, she. I just think she gets, she is absolutely, it's what was already said, but she manipulates Abby the whole time. Yeah. Everything she does is to serve herself and she and makes she, it about herself. Everything. And then she has the nerve to be like, well, I, what are you doing in the corner with Riley? I loved when Kristen Stewart was like, bitch, this has nothing to do with Riley. She didn't say bitch, everyone. It's a beautiful rom-com. Um, I wish it had something to do with Riley. Let me tell you. Um, is, yeah. Is, oh, my gosh. Is this yeah, the moment? Think, yeah. Is this the moment where you're talking about Riley? Can it finally come? I think, can it? I think it's, is it? I'm mad because I feel like it's Riley time. I'm mad because I feel like 
They had to know what they were doing. There is right? no they way that Clea Duvall saw Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart mm-hmm. together on screen exchanging dialogue and wasn't like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, them. what were they thinking? So the writing is so bizarre to me because if they wanted Riley to be more like a she's like the town bitch lesbian who's going to try to break up the Miss Steal Your Girl. Support and love. It wasn't like that. She was so, so charming and so fucking hot. <laughs> so fucking hot. So, she's like, so hot. So sexy. Uh, like, the hottest woman I think I've her ever Her energy seen. was so what? sexy. Like, Damn, this woman's been to therapy. When they were in the bar together, I was like, "Please go home, like Damn, please go over to Riley's house and the bar." Well, she took me to a gay bar. Is like flirtatiously negging me. Yet, how did we um, not want them ugh. to get here? Because it's not like it's it's not like she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna try to put a wrench in them." She didn't. Their their chemistry oh, was just so natural, and she was so charming. Even when she- and the first half of the movie, it feels like they're that Abby's gonna hook up with riley and like yeah the good thing that's supposed to happen (laughs) right you're like wow thankfully like and that's that's the thing where like the happy not the happy stone the family stone like because the whole thing is like the the it's like a couple switch at the end you know where Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. you go home with the partner and then you leave a different partner because you realize like oh, this is actually who I need. This is actually who I'm compatible with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And even like watching it again last night when I was like, let me open my mind and like try to create some more space in my heart for Harper. <laughs> I don't know how you can get past the scene of Riley and Abby in the gay bar together with like Jinx and Bundle Creme. Like there's no gay person watching this movie and not being like, Yeah. That's a great date. Like their that's chemistry so, so their chemistry good. is so amazing. Like you cannot fuck. get past that scene and want Abby to end up with Harper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you think the only thing that like I was like sorry. No, 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 you go ahead. Um, it was a sidebar. Do you think they fucked off set Kristen and Aubrey? Oh, so. And that's what yeah. But Kristen's like deeply obsessed with her girlfriend. Girlfriend oh, she's slash with fiance. Somebody? Oh. oh, she is. The last someone, I yeah. heard, like she did. Like I think she is engaged. Yeah, I think they might be engaged. Oh shit! I didn't yeah. realize. Well, she's then with they like a normie, to. and she's obsessed with her. Okay, that's well. That's well, what I know. Um, um, sorry, I didn't mean to do a sidebar. I just think they look like they want to fuck each other the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know it's uh, acting, but also. But does that mean Kristen Stewart is a good actor? Now, I mean, I believe Kristen Stewart. Is I think, good I think but that's neither here nor there. Oh, yeah. is it just yeah. me? Well, I think she. You gotta I watch the movie Clouds of Sils Maria. Ooh. Oh, I haven't seen that. That's no. the movie that I always tell people like, if you're still like, On the that fence. will convert you into being like, oh, okay, no, she's good. Okay, I'll have to do that because Twilight. I mean, obviously Twilight, and then like Charlie's Angels couldn't even make it through. I didn't see Charlie's Angels. Um, I didn't think I would like it. That's oh, and Snow White and the Huntsman. I mean, I know Kristen Stewart's like on her A game when she's doing like moody indie films. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. my Uh, my theory about Kristen is that she has she's a she has a style of of acting, and I think that it's not necessarily good at times. But I also think it's she's way better 
when she's doing something that she obviously wants to do, when she's doing a project. True. Um, are we all ready to see her as Princess Diana? What? I'm sorry. I'm what? sorry. What? Uh, yeah, the director um, Pablo Lorraine, who made. Do, did you see the movie Jackie with Natalie Portman? Uh huh. He's making like a similar biopic about Princess Diana, starring Kristen Stewart. Oh, he thought he could just. He thought he could go from Natalie Portman to Kristen. What the fuck? You know what? Kristen I mean, Stewart, so are you funny Princess that Diana? Kristen. It's so Stewart's bananas like that I'm like, if it works, movie. she will win an Oscar. Yeah, that's yeah, so I true. I don't see it, but I'm excited. I don't see it at all because she plays the same character in all of the movies. Um, <laughs> okay. Give me the- also, when did Princess Diana have such angst? Because yeah. Kristen Stewart has angst all yeah, the time. Diana was I'm excited then to see her do something so out of the box. I'm I know. Do some, like, well, can we talk oh. about also how pure Abby is, the character? And how she takes so much shit and she's so sweet and pure and it's like impossible to hate her. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Just. Well, that's part of why you just like hate Harper so much because you're like, oh, this poor girl. And Riley sees it too. Like, that's the thing. Like, I think for me. Okay. So the point of my no, point of no return for me is when we get that backstory from Riley what Harper did to Riley as a tween, which let's put it on the table here. Harper and Riley, lifelong childhood friends, when they're, I guess, like 13 or 14, they, they clearly come out to each other and start like 14-year-old dating and are like leaving love notes for each other in their lockers one of Harper's shitty friends finds one, confronts her about it. And not only does Harper say, oh, I don't know what that's about. That's weird. She then tells the whole school that Riley is gay and is like this creepy lesbian who's obsessed with her and bullies Riley and encourages everyone else to bully Riley. I'm sorry, gay teens have like done horrible self-harm, if not worse, for less than that. Mm. Like that is so monstrously unforgivable that like that was the point for me where I just was like, I, I don't care what the fuck this character does. That is beyond the pale. Like yeah. you do not deserve <laughs> to and then just still, be forgiven. For and that. then still, mm-hmm. Riley says, "Well, she's different. It was, it was a long time ago. Maybe, maybe she's changed. Like, sure, maybe. But like, <laughs> from a writing perspective, that was insane to me. Like, why yeah. would you have this character do something that?" no one will look at and think of as like, I get it. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Like that's so, so horrifying to me. And like, that is the point where like, no, this is a, this character is absolutely irredeemable. And now here's a little bit about Alison Burns experience with happiest season. Okay. Here are some of my thoughts on Happiest Season with a full disclaimer that I might change my mind about any or all of this in the future uh, if I hear a convincing argument otherwise. And also that this is just my opinion and I fully understand that people have a million legitimate reasons to disagree. 
But for now, I loved this movie so much that I watched it on Wednesday night by myself and then again on Friday night remotely with some friends. When uh, we texted nonstop the whole time and when Harper told Abby in the car that she wasn't out to her parents, my friends all said, this is horrible. I hate this. And I said, oh, no, settle in. (laughs) I know that Abby and Riley should have ended up together. I agree with absolutely everyone about how amazing Riley is and how goddamn explosive their chemistry was. I nearly crawled out of my skin every time Abby and Riley made eye contact. But, but, I stand in defense of Harper. With a full understanding of how much she hurt Riley and Abby, I can't condemn her. You can see her hate herself as she watches her parents talk to Abby or as she lies to Connor about why they broke up or when she scrambles in the living room in front of her entire family. She understands what she's doing, but she is afraid she will lose her family. That's fundamental, elemental, critical. It goes to your very core. It's one of the biggest losses someone can have to deal with. I want to hug Harper and tell her it's okay to cry. She's been suffering for so long. She has been punished her whole life for being gay, which is cruel, and then forced to live in survival mode for so long that it broke her and made her unable to give her girlfriend what she needed, which is doubly cruel. Remember the line she said something like, if I tell them, I'm afraid I'll lose them, but if I don't, I know I'll lose you. How horrible that society and her parents put her in that position. I weep for her. And speaking of suffering, I've never seen a human look more miserable than Alison Brie in this movie, which doesn't have to do with anything except to emphasize that the toxicity in this movie is more accurately the family's fault than it is Harper's. Also, before they reconcile, we watch Harper really have to come to terms with how much harm she's done and to suffer more for it, albeit on a condensed movie timeline. Without that, it would have been hard to be happy that Harper and Abby ended up together. As it is, it was very easy for me to be happy for them. More generally, when the trailer came out, most people I know, i.e. follow on Twitter, expressed frustration that this movie was about coming out and being in the closet, stuff like that. And part of me agrees. I would commit crimes to get a gay heist movie or a rom-com about rival businesswomen. I would commit crimes. But I would have committed crimes for this movie, too. I joined in the complaining a bit, but mostly because complaining makes me feel savvy and because that's what you do on Twitter. But then after finishing this movie, I sheepishly remembered a recent conversation with some friends where I righteously proclaimed a desire for not just more content with gay people, but more content that's about being gay. This movie wasn't everything I asked for, because no movie can be, but it was something I asked for. Straight people get movies and movies and movies about the nuances of straight relationships. I wanted movies that were about the nuances of gay relationships. And lo, happiest season. There are so many more types of gay relationship nuances that movies need to be made about. But when I was done with this one, I felt so grateful that Clea Duvall had made a gay movie that dug into actually being gay. When we've had so little content and truly so little good content, there's no way that we won't want each piece of quality gay content that we do get to do and be everything, but that's impossible, and it's just going to take time for all the pieces of good gay content to knit themselves together into a warm, cozy quilt. The people are ready for an even less fraught lesbian movie than Happiest Season, and I'm with them, but I can't blame Happiest Season for not being everything. Last thing, this movie has the aesthetics and structure of a rom-com and the writing and acting of a prestige dramedy, which I think is part of what makes it a slightly complicated viewing experience. You can't quite figure out what to expect, because as my friend Annie pointed out, if this was a standard holiday rom-com, Abby absolutely would have ditched her difficult city girlfriend and fallen for the hometown hottie. But instead, we get this more complicated, nuanced story about two people who love each other, working through the shit they have to in order to stay together. And that's not what we were primed to expect. Also, because it's so well-written and so well-acted, all the stress of this movie hits so hard. I recommend watching it a second time. It helps. There are so many fair criticisms of this movie, but I just didn't feel them. 
To those who did, hats off to you. But I forgive Harper. Yeah, yeah, she's horrible. Just trash. Horrible. Riley yeah. also could have been crueler. Like she could have talked yeah. more shit about Harper. Even at the mm-hmm. en- in the end, after the party, when she goes up to her, I thought she Riley was, is like, just such an evolved yeah. being. It's yeah, I thought been to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's had to because she was like deeply, yeah. <laughs> deeply, deeply fucking traumatized at the age of yeah. fourteen. Yeah. Like, and then I also don't get like so. I guess. So how am I, am I supposed to feel that Harper's getting a comeuppance by being then herself very violently outed? Like, I don't feel good about that yeah. either. Like, no one should have that experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the fact that her family then still treated Sloane like shit at the end and was like, Sloane, stop telling these lies about your sister. Like, I thought that also was just like, kind of like, I don't know, like That's wild something- as well that they... Yeah, I I was kind of having a thought earlier. I'm sorry for interrupting, Chloe. No, but okay. um, like, and maybe like this is not okay for me to say, but I don't feel that I ever saw the family treat Riley in a way, or sorry, Harper in a way that I felt like she was justified in being so afraid of coming out or being like, yeah, like I felt like she. Like, if it had been Jane, like, I would understand because, like, the family, like, does not. I love Jane. Like, I go on a whole nother different tangent about her. But, like, this family, like, there's no consequences for, like, everybody fucked. Not everybody fucked up, but every most of the family fucked up. And, like, all they had to do was, like, admit that they fucked up. And the other family was like, okay, that's fine. Like, like, Sloan was Sloan outed her and then Sloan was like I'm sorry I did that and she was like it's okay I forgive you and then and then um Harper tear um Harper ruins the painting that Jane makes which is gorgeous and she puts so much oh that part and then Jane forgives her for like apologizing for it even though it was such like like she really didn't need to do that no, she didn't. And she had a moment to think before she did yeah. it. It wasn't in the moment. Yeah. She looked she at like, it, she oh, thought this. about it, and then she did she it. She thought about it. That's a yeah. bad person. Yeah. That's a bad but Also, I'm surprised she didn't like try to tell her sister either. Like at yeah. least Jane. You yeah. know what I mean? Because the fact that Jane so quickly was like, I'm an ally. Even and if I was she like, is like a shitty know? person, she she would have been like, Well, if Jane tells, like, no one will believe her. Yeah. Jane is too good for this family. Can we talk about that? Jane is too pure. And another thing about this family, the family is fucking horrible. And they're they're mean, they're rude the whole time. They they're just terrible people. And we're just supposed to believe that in the last second, in the last 15 minutes of this movie, over the course of one night, that they have a full like revelation. All he had to do was sit on his little other sofa in his office. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god the, the whole ending when, of this movie of like we're all happy christmas rom-com it's the end to me it just wasn't earned at, at the end trash. of the day well, it comes down to that one word if it wasn't earned i'm not gonna believe it and it wasn't her family was terrible harper was terrible and then everything just changes in the last because of the format of the, the type of movie you're trying right. to make again I'm not what gonna I'm saying, the better it. ending would be if we if we have to see these two end up together they there's no way that this five day period ends with this couple still together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if Abby like yeah no Abby's like 
Harper, I wish you well. Good luck. I hope you get the help you need. Call me when you've had some therapy and like, maybe we can do this. And then like, and the family can get like, give me, give me the little Instagram montage of everyone in therapy together. Give me the little <laughs> doodles of everyone in therapy. And then a year later, <laughs> here we are in Pittsburgh and she's like, Hey, you want to grab coffee? And she's got like Mackenzie Davis's like normal, pretty bisexual haircut. And like <laughs> on we go. And then I can finally so move to them. It's- well, also, like, the mom's reasoning when she, like, goes into the, the Oh, my God. The room. I was just talking to Chloe about this. So, one of two things. When the mom is just like, what does she say? She says, she goes, I've always wanted to try karate, and I hate flowers. Like, that was just, like, her first line, her opening confession to convince her husband <laughs> to accept their gay daughter by being like, I too have been hiding a secret and I'm now going to tell yeah, you. So <laughs> she she enough when like, I've been oppressed because I can't learn right. karate. Because I can't try karate. <laughs> when a part of me is just like, bitch, you can try karate. <laughs> bitch, you don't have to like flowers. Because like, I also like in that moment when she said that, I was like, I feel that because I too want to try karate and I also hate flowers. But I also was like, what are you trying to accomplish with this oppressive like language? Well, and here? even Sloan being like, like as soon as, Harper is like, I'm gay. And so I was like, I'm getting divorced. Like, these are not the same. <laughs> They're not the same thing at all. But they Don't. make it, they make, like, you're trying to convince us it's the same. Like, they are. Uh, like the dumb audience watching this movie. Yeah. This movie has a very like old fat, like old fashioned, like gay mentality of like, if only we can get the straight people to like let us breathe in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> It's like the most like weird regressive assimilationist bullshit. Yeah. Also, will Victor Garber ever be able allowed to play a gay character? Because, Honestly, it's like, <laughs> always playing like the straight I dad know. or the straight man. Like, like I was like, let him. If play Stanley Tucci can do it, yeah. Victor Garber should be able to do it. I always just yes. kind of see whenever Victor's in anything, I just assume he's going to be mean. Too. <laughs> Maybe except in Annie. I mean, he was kind of mean in Annie, but then he like found a heart. Oh, you I was. I told that Annie I was... version. Everybody, oh, every wait. every household has their favorite Annie, right? Is he da- oh, Is he yeah. Daddy Warbucks in Annie? He's Daddy Warbucks. I am always the outlier with I this. I I like the Victor Garber, <laughs> Audrey McDonald, Alan Cumming, Kristen Chenoweth, Kathy Motherfucking Bates. Yeah. Is that the that one with is my um, Annie Covenzene? No. no, no, that's the one with Cameron Diaz and um. And oh, that it, we don't talk about that. Either. The one with that's Jimmy like Pink the modernization of Annie. The one we're talking yeah. about is the Wonderful World of Disney TV movie Annie. Oh, uh, yeah. my mistake. I'm an OG. I'm an OG. I love yeah, my me too. Burnett. Burnett. I'm always the outlier, but yeah, Victor Garber. He played Daddy Warbucks. Um, I can't imagine him bald. I need to rewatch that. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> It was good, but I needed him to play a good character. I was like, damn, he's the straight dad in this again, being like, I don't know how I'm going to accept my daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let him be a gay character. Yeah. Also, this isn't like as important. So there's something in my eye. Um, but it's all important. The thing that also bothers me about this movie is that it it's like visually, this is a holiday film. It's Christmas. Everything's happening in Christmas. They're playing Christmas music in the background. The score is Christmassy. But does it just, it just lacks the Christmas sparkle for me. Yeah. It feels like 
I forgot that it was a holiday movie while watching it multiple times. Well, because what is like the spirit and the meaning of Christmas that anyone's learning? Ooh. Nothing. Also, who is prepping for a mare race over Christmas? You know what I mean? I know, like, like a runoff election? Like what's going on? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? He was just like, I have all these important donors to impress over Christmas. Like, ain't nobody doing that. Like, it, it, it should have been like a different kind of like, important plot line that's happening over christmas rather than like a mare race or some shit yeah well and like and then you have that weird moment on christmas morning where sloan and the husband like make meaningful eye contact in a way that you're like did the christmas magic of outing (laughs) your sister like fix your marriage (laughs) reignite the flames of your marriage (laughs) right uh, and like the the creepy ass children just showing up and like just staring at you like while you're saying, saying, i was like me off so I much know. also because it seems like harper was like i believe you didn't take it but i was like i don't know if i really believe that you she- <laughs> yeah i think it seemed like she did think abby took it all right <laughs> if oh my, my kids said so that much. they did that i would have and they said can we open the stockings now i would have been like no yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> such dysfunction. Such dysfunction. So as you know, like I have the movie playing in my Oh career. yeah, that's right. What's going on right now? She we're at loves. She's giving oh, the speech. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that part of this speech involves her being like, I don't care what my parents think. I only care about you. And I'm like, it's like no. That's a yes, quick twenty-minute turnaround. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was just telling my wife and I were talking about it last night that we were like, "This fucking movie, blah blah blah, fuck this movie." Do you want to watch it again? Like, weird. <laughs> I know it's so fucked up. Such I like gay, a gay. How gay of us that everyone is like up in arms about this movie and like, I kind of hate it, but also I kind of love it. And I'll just I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going like, to watch go- it. I watched it twice in 24 hours. And I'll probably watch it again today. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with us? Do we want to take <laughs> yeah, a moment? Because it's just, God. like, objectively one of the best quality queer films ever made. It's, like, well, well that's acted. the thing. Like, it's a good it's movie. Well it's a, yeah. it's yeah. a good movie. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, not. What it cost? just misses the mark. At what cost? <laughs> yeah. You're right. Um, also, yeah, I do, do want to say Aubrey Plaza is 36 and, uh, and it, she's wearing her age really well. And I think when women hit that age, they hit their prime and then the sexiest they've ever been. And also, I love seeing her not do her normal shtick. And it was very sexy and charming to me. Dude, and I, I mean, mean uh, we can go back to Riley. Like, yeah. Let's and Aubrey, if you're listening to this, we love you so much. If you could like, give us a so shout much. out. If you're single, if you're queer, I'm also single and queer. Like, she is, right? She, she is. She's bisexual. Yeah. yeah. She is? She came out as bisexual a few years ago, I think. Okay, so my phone number is 240. (laughs) (laughs) 291. He's so hot. Don't give your full number on here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I stopped there, I stopped there. They they, they, they can guess the last four digits. I stopped, I stopped. But my handle is at Chloe. Um, My DMs are open. Aubrey, hello, hi. She's so hot in this movie that like, I feel like I can't, breathe when she's on screen which is super dramatic she's so sexy but also like Kristen Stewart it's beyond just like they have like they have great chemistry but like Kristen Stewart like completely enters like her best vibe around yes Riley when she's like you know she's like oh I keep like 
I need a doctor to check. I keep like poking myself in the eye, whatever. Yeah. Like, they are flirting yeah. really well and like are so sexy together. <laughs> and you're just like, this would not be a question. Yeah. Oh God, it's so Come good. Come on. That's also so hot that she together. says that she wants someone who is ready. Like when Kristen yes. says that, I was like, oh, well, Perfect. then Aubrey, yeah. then, right? Got like, just the Riley. one. Right there. You met her. She's single. They're just on each like, other's levels. They just, like, in every way. Because I think part of what's not computing is that, like, for those of us who have dated Harper's, you do that. You date Harper. You realize that's toxic. You break up with them. You go to therapy for three years. And then you date Riley. Mm-hmm. You date the Harper's and to get to the Riley's. So the fact that they're both existing in the same movie makes my brain explode. <laughs> and the suits, the, the jackets, the blazers, um, the drinking yeah. out of each other's drinks. Blue velvet blazer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and the fact that they were like, no, uh, Abby's definitely strange. <laughs> Like I, I just like I want to know. Like I, that, that, that just blew. I was like, has your family like never met a gay person that. or a lesbian? Like, I will say, like, have they ever met a lesbian? <laughs> like I, what, like on the Kristen Stewart level of it. Like I'm so happy about that. Like yeah, I think it's. I don't know. As someone who has just like very closely followed Kristen Stewart's coming out journey <laughs> since like 2013. <laughs> like the fact that she's now in this movie where it's like, not only is she playing gay, but like there's a joke made about how obvious it is that she's gay. I just, that's like it's so very, good. What we all need that to that's me is progress. like, wow, we really have, that is progress. Like we <laughs> have come that far that like Kristen also, Stewart like, the is the now a joke about being so. The haircut says it all. She's just a little like, Shane. You- She's a little mini Shane. <laughs> I said that last night. I was like, she's kind of like a Shane. Oh, uh, and she, she needs even... to pull a Shane and leave her girlfriend for Aubrey Plaza. Kill <laughs> and I just rewatched all of Twilight, and it, it, she yes. doesn't even look like the same person anymore. She doesn't. She doesn't. Stay, I mean, like, she, doesn't she have was the like she just looks like she. This is who she is. Well, and I just want to say, like, she was still closeted at that point, and I don't blame her for any acting decision she made Mm-mm. during that. Well, you know my conspiracy theory about this. What? What? I what? believe, and I think I've said this on my podcast, too, so I just need to give it to the disclaimer again that, like, I have no evidence for this. <laughs> I'm not actually accusing anyone of anything, but this is what I believe, that Kristen Stewart was under some sort of contractual obligation yes, I do remember this. to have this PR oh, relationship yeah. with Robert Pattinson and be like deeply closeted because the second we got like a year out from the last Twilight movie in like a day, she went from being Bella Swan to being Shane. It was like <laughs> something happened where she was like, okay, like, Whoa. She also had now Snow White and be... the Huntsman though first because she she slept with that director. that whole director thing yeah yeah like the whole director thing and then after that she was like okay J K here is like my truth yeah because yeah. it, it was after Snow White and the Huntsman for me that I was like okay Kristen yeah what what was going on here okay <laughs> yeah you coming out all right but yeah she was just suddenly super out yeah 
Do you want to, you know what I just remembered? I stood about five feet away from her while she changed her clothes. Um, I went to. <laughs> okay. What an opening, uh, what an opening like, to the story. Like, wow. To the story. Like you want to know. <laughs> and I last, last year uh, went to a live SNL taping and one of our friends oh. writes for the show. So when we took, we like got a picture on the stage and then we went back into, you know, the hallways and like looked mm-hmm. at uh, uh, like she just showed us around and Kristen Stewart had hosted that episode and we turned oh, a corner shit. and she was pulling pants up and I was like <laughs> and you lived to tell the tale yeah and I can't believe it took wow. this long to bring it up but that it she is very skinny Irl she's very small yeah but yeah she seems teeny tiny yeah, she's got she was also Davis like very chill, and I heard that she's she was very nice. I can oh, I can totally I see that. She does not strike me movie. as yeah, she does not strike me as being problematic on set or, or a diva or anything like that at at all. And she was actually funny in that SNL. Like when she hosted, I was like, actually, I like her in this. Like this is this is good. Okay, Kristen, mm-hmm. I see you. I will say the one joke that I felt. Um, that I really loved um, that came out of this traumatic um, situation was when um, Kristen Stewart said she dated lots of guys. Um, oh, dated <laughs> lots of Mike's. I just had to break up actually. Um, lots of them. What, what was her boyfriend's name? Like John, John or something. <laughs> like she like named her like ex-boyfriend's name, like in the, in the scene. Oh, I don't know. She said he well, was a milk. I, I also loved, um, um, <laughs> I also loved uh, um, uh, Dan Levy's straight man voice too. His voice when he like covers himself up when he like says like the painting. He was just like, "Oh, I love that," or like, "I like that," or like whatever compliment. And then he goes, <clears throat> and he has to like clear his fucking throat. Did I any laugh. of you like sort of wish that we would get one other gay twist and like? I wanted. Yes. So the first time I saw the ex-boyfriend, I was like, "Oh, he's gay too." I was like, they were both gay. Yeah. They were because that's what happened with my ex-girlfriend in high school. Um, oh. And yeah, I really wanted him to hook up with, with Dan Levy. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, about he a a when he goes, he goes, pump. I laughed. <laughs> <clears throat> pump. He goes, what? <laughs> pump. I said so. <laughs> yeah. He was, I, I he's going to be this character for the rest of his career. And I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we just all yeah. love him too much and love David, and I feel like he's gonna be this person and this character for the rest of his life. And I really feel okay with it because he does it so well, and he's so charming and so likable. I love Dan Levy. I, yeah. I loved how they like introduced like like the opinion like of him like in the beginning when he was like like bashing on like heteronormative like norms and being like oh you have to like ask the father which is why i was shocked that he did it that he like approved of them getting back together at the end because i was like you had all these like strong views and opinions and wanting to rescue her like be a good friend and then you're like nah you guys should get back together and i'm like you know where where where's where, where's this strong uh character that i saw at the beginning i need you to just like take her out of loves and go get her a new fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to wonder, like, so, so that ending and his decision at the to like be like kiss her 
get back together, <laughs> really relies on the script never having a moment where he meets Riley. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Right. That's right. Because if Dan Levy like witnessed the two of them together, he'd be like, Okay, Who's you're that? getting in my car, so is she, and so is the <laughs> autistic daughter who no one loves. <laughs> oh my god. I love Jane. I love that friendship. Mary Holland yeah. is a star in this movie. Yeah. She is She's so, so fucking good. funny. When and she, she goes co-wrote the movie too. Yes. In the beginning when she first meets Abby and she steps up closer to her, I'm so sorry about your parents' death. <laughs> She is the funniest. You're so brave. You don't have to be. You're so brave. (laughs) I love her. She's too pure for this family, and this family doesn't deserve her. Exactly. Jane grew on me because I'm not going to lie. In the beginning of the film, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? (laughs) Like, I like, I, I, it was, it was too, it was too much energy at the top because like everything was like super mellow. And then like Jane comes like prancing in and is like, I was like, is she on cocaine? Like, what is happening right now? Like the energy. But then. I was like, okay, this is just Jane. Okay, the family's trash. Okay, Jane. She's their like neurodivergent child that they don't know what to do. Yeah, I was like, she, they do treat her like trash. But in the beginning, I was not team Jane. I was like, this is a cokehead. That's who I thought it was. (laughs) Before, literally, I would die if I were to play a role like Jane. That's my dream role. It's so good. I love it. I love Um, her. I want to play one of the like, Fuck the police, but I did like the mall cop scene. Oh, oh when they were in I would, I yes. want to do that role. Like that shit. What is a funny perfect two like, actors! I know. Yeah. I love that they so were there. Yes. Oh, I love Lauren Lapkus. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah, she's so good. He rips off his badge. What? Okay, you want to tell me how to do my job? Yeah. You do my job. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make this birdie tweet. Jack and crank and Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we uh, start wrapping up, I, I feel like we should take a moment to maybe say any more moments that we liked about the movie. Any more things that we liked about it? I was just going to, I guess my only thing is that after watching it a second time, I, like Kate, I did move a little bit. Um, the needle move for Harper. Harper, I warmed up to her a little bit. She's very polarizing in general. Mm-hmm. But the first watch super polarizing and I hated her. The mm-hmm. second watch, I was like, okay. If you, you, you just pick up on more things in general when you watch something a second time. But mm. I felt like I could see when I paid attention to it, maybe a little bit more remorse than I saw in the first, the first viewing mm. um, from Harper. So I didn't hate her as much. Mm-hmm. But I still don't like her. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... I think the thing to me that I really do like think is great about this movie is that like, even though I don't think Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart have great chemistry and I do think it's a shame that like Kristen Aubrey Plaza have so much chemistry Uh that like it, it really just sort of like, it does no favors to to what I'm supposed to want out of out of yeah, the movie, like, yeah. but I do think Mackenzie Davis, like, makes that care. Like, I get, I don't know. It it does feel like a real relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I do. Even though she's like very shitty to her partner, 
I recognize this couple, mm. maybe because I've been in that relationship and I know I understand the appeal of a tall, mean person. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I do appreciate that. And I also was thinking about like Mackenzie Davis, like, and I don't know if this is true, but I wonder, part of me wonders if like subliminally at least, like for queer people watching this, like, part of what is so heartbreaking about how mean Harper is, is that we're so, we have so clearly in our minds, Mackenzie Davis and San Junipero, and Yorkie is just like one of the greatest queer characters of all time. And she's so sweet. And she's so like, like we're so used to just wanting to root for her in everything. And I think that goes a long way with Harper. Mm -hmm. I think if anyone else was playing Harper, I don't even know that I would have gotten through the movie. Mm-hmm. So all to say again, Mackenzie Davis in a is sense. blameless in this. <laughs> also, she so- did a great job with a character that was like written in a way to be set up for failure. And I, that's what I just don't get. Yeah. She's a great actress. She's Harper, Harper's actress. terrible, but Mackenzie's a great actress. And I will say both, both viewings, I teared up when she – after she's like, I did it. And yeah. Abby says, it's too late. The cry that she has. Yes. It made me tear up both times. It's very it multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she is fantastic. And I think yeah. she made a lot. I think she, like, in, as I said, like in these interviews, she knows how people are going to react to Harper. And she has clearly some apprehension about it. But that to me is like, oh, that means you get who this character is. And you, mm. like, so I have I have complete faith. If you see this character's issues, that's why you played her so well because like you knew the job you had to do. Yeah, and anyway. I think I think what really rings true about that too is that like what you were saying about like you recognize this couple. I think that speaks volumes to like this is at the end of the day still a story that's coming from a queer perspective with a queer director mm-hmm. um, and obviously came and was inspired by Clea Duvall's experience on, on her own. And so, Kristen Stewart's too, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's I also... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I was, I was trying to think. I was like, were there any other moments that I liked? And I was just like, mm, there were moments that I wish like didn't happen. <laughs> so, so no, I, I still don't like Harper at the end. I mean, even after watching it like a couple times, I just, I, I, I can't get, I can't get on board with how she treated Abby and still somehow found a way to make it about um, herself. And then they mm-hmm. like are like engaged like a year later after that still or married or whatever the hell. I mean, no, no. I want to know what Riley's doing again. Aubrey Plaza. My yeah. phone number is two, four, zero. In that little, like, so in like the Instagram feed. Yeah. Yes. The, credits. the pride picture that I think they released like a few months ago. Yeah. Riley's with Clay. Riley's Duvall. with Clay Duvall. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I guess she got somebody. Oh. Yeah, she deserves. This everything. is what I want, Clea. If you're listening, I hope you've been taking notes. First of all, <laughs> um, but also, I have a sequel to pitch to you. It's a little bit my best friend's wedding. It's the days before the wedding. Abby's getting some cold feet. Riley is now like her best friend, and there's drama because like. 
Abby wants her to be in the wedding, but Harper's not comfortable with that. And then I don't know what the plot is, but I just know we culminate in a scene where Kristen is like nervous about marrying Harper. She's with Dan Levy and she has this revelation of like, wow, there's only one person I want to see right now. And Dan Levy is just like, does his little smile and he's like, go get her. <laughs> That's the sequel. <sighs> Call me. But can we go? Can we please make it GoFundMe right now? Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it. I will write the fan fiction as sort of like a first draft. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. That so that that is something that I was thinking about earlier. Is my best friend's wedding and like the character of Harper is like it is very hard to write um, to make an a unlikable character sympathetic and like that is something that like everybody is like sort of praised my best friend's wedding for doing because Julia Roberts character is like very unlikable on paper mm-hmm. um, for like her motivations and everything. And and I think maybe that's something this movie was trying to tackle with Harper. And I'm just not sure that they. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I think Mackenzie Davis did, did her best. Did worked overtime yeah. Yeah, to exactly. combat a script that gave her fucking nothing yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be likable. Yeah. I agree. I do um, also want to say that the I that I really love that even though this movie got a lot wrong, we are able to have this conversation because this movie was made. Oh, and that sure. is so exciting to me. Like me, I've been glued to Twitter for the last couple of days and I love the, t- the different takes and like Allison and Amber who like have different takes than we do, than all of us do. I love, they were like, I- I'm sorry. I don't feel the same. I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. I love that. Everybody's having a different experience with this. I'm just so excited that even though this movie did get a lot wrong, it was made and it was put on a platform where this many people gay and straight because my sister's like really loves this movie too. And I didn't tell her to watch it. She wanted to watch it. And she was like, oh, yeah, all of my friends have watched it. We all have very strong feelings about it. It's creating a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a, it's a real mainstream. Right. And it was the first ever studio-backed Yes, weird I, I feel like I have to – I also have a soft spot. Like, I have to applaud that and the fact that it's oh, yeah. something that it, – it, it's taking up – a lot of people's weekends yep. because we all feel so strongly about it. So I'm like, you know what? Good for Clea because regardless of how this movie is portrayed, it's a good movie. For and sure. People feel passionately about it. I feel like that's if, even if it's bad, if people are talking about it and they have, it evoked some sort of feeling in them. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I like, I always have to give the caveat where I'm just like, I'm being so critical of it and I'm so consumed with the discourse, but like, I liked this movie. (laughs) I did enjoy myself watching it and I will watch it again. Yeah. Well, and I think that really speaks to like, we don't get, we don't get these kinds of movies Mm -hmm. all the time. And like, it means so much to us as an audience because like there are hundreds upon probably thousands upon thousands of like Christmas movies about straight couples. And like, they could, they could not not give a care because there's so many to choose from. But because we have this one movie 
Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot riding on it. And of course there's a lot, we put a lot of pressure on it because it, and, and something that I, I want to sort of follow up with, with what Deb said is that I, I do love that we're getting so many people's opinions on Twitter and, and hearing so many, because everybody's, because the queer experience is not just one person's experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, that's something that like, yeah. And that's something that like, I love, um, like I love that love Simon exists. I am a little tired of getting like the same coming out story that, but that's like the first one that like had a wide release to theaters and, and mm-hmm. that, that type of thing. So I, um, I 100% agree. And I, I, I do find this movie enjoyable. I love that. I watched it with my family and when the drag queen showed up, my straight brother brother screamed yes at the TV. Like I just, I just love that that experience is happening and that um, it'll be creating these conversations for like people that need to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah. I don't know if I was building up to something, but yeah, that's what I had to say. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm happy this movie exists. And like, I, I look forward to more movies like this, but I also like want like more black lesbian movies. <laughs> like, yeah. like, cause like that was, that was like my only, that was like one of the biggest things like I think of this movie where I was just like, Oh, no one, just the husband who is cheating, but is like divorced. You know what I mean? And like Aubrey Plaza. I mean, I don't know her uh, ethnicity or racial background, but um, yeah, I was just She's like Latina. She's Latina. I think. Is she? Oh, Okay. Um, at least her. April was on Parks and Rec. That's right. Whoop. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, hope they uh, remain true to that uh, in Parks and Rec. But I wouldn't put it past them to not. Um, so yeah, I think that was like my only thing to where I was just like, I now like I like really want to see like more like like a black lesbian like holiday movie. Like that's like kind of like something that like I want to see more of, but I still like that this movie um, exists and I will love hate it for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> Write that on my grave. I will love hate this movie. I will love eternity. hate this movie for eternity. Like people like, yo, you want to watch this? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. I do want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And here are some additional thoughts from our friend of the pod, Amber Taylor. And I'm having a hard time with people criticizing Harper for being closeted. I think it's a place of privilege for someone to say that she was a bad person or a bad girlfriend for not being able to be honest with her family. Um, And you could see the pain in Harper's face throughout the entire movie every time her parents said or did something that kept her closeted. Uh, The comment her dad made at dinner about Riley being successful despite her lifestyle, you could see Harper's heart break in that scene. It broke my heart. And the speech that John gave Abby about everyone having a different coming out process was probably one of the most beautiful parts of the movie. He saw why Harper struggled and understood her pain and Abby points out that she loves Harper she just can't be with someone that isn't proud to be in love with her and that is incredibly valid it was also the one thing that was keeping Abby from wanting to be with her and so when Harper does come out I can see why Abby would take her back the one thing Abby needed to see changed Harper changed Uh, One last thing. I have to address Riley. Yes, Riley and Abby had incredible chemistry, but I don't think their chemistry was romantic. romantic. I think their chemistry was built out of sort of a, a trauma bonding because they had both been hurt by Harper in similar ways. Um, And they do end up becoming good friends. You can see that in the ending montage that they they developed a friendship and they became best friends. And, And if you watch it over, 
noticed that Abby never flirts back with Riley, and when Riley made the move to sit next to her at the drag bar, Abby used that an excuse to leave because she loved Harper. Um, and I, I think, a matter of fact, neither Harper or Abby ever cheated on each other. They never even so much as flirted. Um, now, both Connor and Riley did try to flirt, but both were rejected. Um, and this is refreshing. How many queer movies, or even just rom-coms in general, do both the people refrain from cheating? There was no cheating in this movie. And that is so refreshing to see. So let's let's pretend that Riley and Abby did end up. Then we'd have a movie where there was cheating and Riley would have been breaking up a loving relationship during one of their rocky parts, which all couples have. And Abby then would have become a cheater. Had that happened, how many people would be writing about how problematic Abby and Riley's relationships is because of how it started? We would have been given another imagine me and you scenario. I can't deny their chemistry, but I just think it was born during an absolute low in Abby and Harper's relationship. Our, our Harper and Abby were in love. Abby wanted to propose, and Harper had a three-day binge of being a shitty person because of childhood trauma that was clear based on their entire family. And imagine if Abby would have just walked out, cheated on her when she was at her all-time low. That would have even been more shitty than anything that Harper did. Now, give me a completely different movie where Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza are the main characters and end up as a couple. I will watch that as many times, and I will love that as just as much as I love this one. All right, so that's my hot take. Please stop treating Harper like shit. I was Harper. Maybe that's why I took this so personally. Had my girlfriend walked out on me, which she did, and but didn't take me back once I realized I came out and I did come out and I grew, we wouldn't still be together, married 16 years later with two kids. All right, Harper and Abby deserved love. They fell, they had a hard time, but they got back together. Harper changed. Abby knew that. They gave each other another chance. And I imagine them 15, 20 years later down the road, married and in love and happy with the family. Because that's what happened in my story when I was Harper. Ooh. So it's going to be uh, really difficult to rate this movie, I feel like, for me. But um, oh, yeah. it'll be easy to do the Vita Russo test, which we do every episode. Um, we, we, we didn't invent it, but the Vita Russo test is a test... Um, for all films, um, sort of gauging the queer representation in uh, in the film. Um, the first rule is that it has to have queer identifying characters, which this one does. The second rule is that the uh, queer characters have to have personality traits other than being queer, which I would say this one does. And then the third is that um, removing the queer characters from the film would not change the plot significant, or would change the plot significantly, which obviously it would. Oh, hell um, yeah. So that it flies or it, it passes with flying colors so great um and then yeah. deb do you want to introduce our our uh, queer movie night brew of rating the film yes we also uh rate the movies based on the kinsey scale zero being completely heterosexual and six being completely homosexual and it's i'd like to say the gayer the better so basically it's just like a fun way to rate the movie <laughs> do you know what i'm saying yeah that was like that was one of my worst intros I thought it was good. It was it was good. Right. Um, <laughs> sort of a caveat that I add, add um, too is that like usually when I'm basing it off the Kinsey scale, I try to base it off of queer representation in the film, um, divorce, trying to divorce it from my feelings, but also including my feelings, which makes it really hard to rate this one for me. Um, but I will say that I think the character of 
Riley and um, Abby and sometimes um, Dan Levy's character, John, um, does give us, especially Riley is a, is a great representation of like a healthy um, queer person. Um, and so I don't know. I, I think I'm going to give it a four out of six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five. There you go. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that. I've go. said so much. <laughs> I feel like my, like my hate for Harper and the, the really, really deep problems with the writing in this movie makes me want to give it a four, but yeah. like the last thing, but what we were just talking about, like yeah. what it means to the community as a whole. And I think it was really well acted and it is like in general, a good movie. Yeah. Um, and so gay. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a five for that reason. Yes. I'm going to say four and a half. There mm-hmm. you go. Four and a half. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite yeah. a five, not quite a four. Four and a half. Yeah. I go like four leading five. Yeah. Because I will say like for all of its like trauma and triggering, like these are really authentic characters. Like yeah. these are, these are really recognizable queer people. I don't see any of these characters doing things that like, that makes, well, obviously cause a straight person did not write this. Yeah. And that really comes through where I'm like, I don't like this couple. I don't want them to be together, but I'm not pulled out of the story because I don't recognize, because this doesn't feel like, feel true to a queer experience. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, do you, let's, um, so do you guys have anything you want to promote? Kate, I know you have the other podcast that has already been in our feed, but go ahead and fill us in oh, yeah. and anything else you'd like to promote. Um, well, yeah, I, I have a podcast. Uh, with Carl Del Bono, where we talk about miniseries called Broadcast Revisited. I love miniseries. You can find that. It's so we good. love a good miniseries. And it's like a really great pandemic thing because it's like, yeah, I'll watch six or nine hours of television and then talk about <laughs> it. Um, yeah, we're about to do our our season one finale about the show Mildred Pierce. Yes. Um, love Mildred Like uh, an incredible miniseries. So yeah, if you want to listen to that you can find it on like spotify apple podcasts wherever podcasts are found wherever you listen to queer media <laughs> and um do you want to promote any social media feed oh sure i uh you can find me on twitter at uh at the royalist kate and chloe anything you want to promote uh yeah i have a couple things um i guess that's one thing so i'm a part of a late night show it's called uh late night with nate and adrian um it's an all black cast writing group uh we drop episodes uh every week around friday or saturday um you can find us on youtube you can find us on wherever you listen to your podcast apple podcasts uh spotify what have you um, and you can find it with at late night with Nate. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and my social media is at Chloe underscore Michaela. That's all I have for you. you. Thank you so much. You can follow us at queer movie night on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow me at Peyton Cody Lynch on Instagram and Twitter. And me, Deborah Duncan on Twitter and at Deborah D bag on Instagram.
Thank you guys so much for doing this episode. This was so much fun. Um, I, I don't know if we've gotten all of our opinions out, but we certainly aired out a lot of grievances. Um, and um, please stay tuned. Um, in a couple more weeks, we're going to bring you another um, Christmas movie. We're going to uh, cover the Christmas setup uh, starring Fran Drescher on a Lifetime, well, the first uh, gay uh, starring couple on a Lifetime Christmas movie. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. Also, this is going to be one of those things where I'm going to be thinking of things I wanted to say all day. Yes, <laughs> for this. Let's keep the conversation going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep it going. Well, tweet I don't think any of us could take that. Tweet us on, 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 tweet us on Twitter and tell yeah, us. Yeah, tweet us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tweet us on Twitter. Tweet us on Twitter. Like and subscribe. Follow. <laughs> Yeah. Leave comments. Yes. Do it. All the things. <laughs> thank you so much for Merry doing Christmas. the episode. Oh, thank you. Holidays. This was healing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bly Manor part two. Man, we're going. We just need to it. like have these cathartic, just exercise yeah. all of our opinions and feelings about this. Aubrey Plaza, if you yeah. listen to this, um, you can DM me. My DMs are open. Uh, thank you. I love you. Uh, that also goes for Mackenzie Davis and Allison Bree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I'm married, but I know my wife is in. So, <laughs> are Allison are Allison and Dave married? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also don't know what Mackenzie Davis's sexuality is. Yeah, I don't think she wants us to know. Yeah, which is I don't know. Okay, she plays yeah. a lot of queer people. Yeah, she really does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to go uh, continue working on my Abby Riley fan fiction. Please. <laughs> yeah. And will you please send me a link when it's done? <laughs> 100%. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.